Welcome everybody to Trail Tales. This is Tom Funk. I am your host. And we are talking about my Million Steps manuscript, which is about my hike across Michigan's Upper Peninsula using the North Country Trail back in 1998. Well, I have made it 110 miles across the landscape. And today is going to be my first zero day. You may wonder, what in the world is a zero-day time? And Well, zero-day is basically I don't hike. I take a break from hiking, and I just chill and uh, maybe get a few things done. So um, that's what I'm doing uh, today. And the date is July 28, 1998, and I am at Courtney Lake. Uh, National Forest Campground. And don't think to yourself that I don't do anything at all or nothing happens. Uh, um, you know, things do happen. I, you know, do laundry or maybe go into town, hitch a ride into town or something like that. Um, so uh, the day is a nice one. High about 70, uh, low about 60. It, it did rain in the morning. It, it became clear and then sunny. And surprisingly, no bugs. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Ralph Wallow Emerson Today is a zero day, a day of rest. I decided since I was two days ahead of time, I would take a break. Having been on the road for nine days so far, this is longer than the average backpacking trip. The longest trip I've ever taken was six days and five nights on Isle Royale. And it's a good decision. It is raining this morning. It started before I woke for the day, and I'm still lying here at 11.30 a.m., and uh, it's still raining, although it has uh, made its way down to a trickle. I've been reading my crime and punishment, and I'm finally to the point where uh, uh, Rashkinokov has killed the old pawnbroker and is just starting to feel guilty. I see a parallel here. The rain finally quits and I get up. Lunch, rotini, bean soup, and M&M's. I continue my book. Uh, Rashkinolovkov is tormented by his guilt for the crime he has committed. Mine is no crime, but I am deceiving myself. Around 3 o'clock, I walk to the lake and bathe and wash my clothes. It is a beautiful day, sunny, and it's now about 80 degrees in the sunlight. Stately pines and birches surround Courtney Lake with no houses on its delicate shores. I, the human, will cleanse my mind, my body, and my soul in its water. Oh, and my clothing too. The water is clear, the substrate is fine sand, and I see no leeches. The bathing part of my adventure is under control. Going in only wearing shorts, I bring with me my camp suds and a washcloth, and I start to swim. I walk out of the water, grab my clothes, and lather up on the shore. Talk about a freak show. Imagine a grown, half-naked man standing on the shore of a lake covered in suds. Walking back into the lake to rinse and wash my clothes, I then walk back to the campsite. I feel very refreshed. It has been a couple days since I bathed, and, well, I felt nasty. I hang my clothes up to dry, and I take a nap. Slumbering, I hear a vehicle pull up. It's a Ford Bronco towing a pop-up trailer. It's Julian John with some company. Hi, I'm Wes, John's cousin, says the dark, handsome man. He is thin and tall, wearing small hoop earrings, one in each ear. His ball cap is on backwards, and he is wearing running pants and a tank top. Tom, nice to meet you. 
Two more people come out. One male, one female. Hi, I'm Danielle. I'm John's sister, says the blonde, medium height. Her hair is pulled back into a ponytail. She's wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Sean, says the dark-haired man. He is skinny, but not as tall as Wes. He is wearing sweats and a t-shirt. So, how do you all know each other, I asked this, because Sean did not tell me how he fits in. And they all say at the same time, we're all La Points. Of course, our get-together led to a small, quiet party. A couple cases of beer, a large fire, and the choice of a card game is, of course, Euchre. About the most excitement we had is when the camp host asked me to make sure we were all registered. Of course we were, under my name. We spent the night talking about various topics. The Upper Peninsula, college, the drive here, music. My interest was perked when Wes tells me that, they were, that they're all Ojibwa Indians. Really, I say? I had no idea. Looking at their physical features, I guess I couldn't doubt them after I've been told this. Conversation then turns to Native American culture, their interest in preserving it, and their religion. The night's activities ended as we ran out of beer, and it started to rain. The points and my sister all piled into the pop-up camper while I, the backpacker, creeped into my bivouac for a night's rest. Emails from Don. Report number five. This is about a day late. Sorry, Barb and I are trying to get wedding invitations mailed, and we're a little busy. Tom called Monday night and said his trip might as well have ended Sunday night. But in the interest of not getting ahead of myself, he said that in the afternoon he'd run into a woman who knew many of the MUCC people that he knew. It seems he, she's a summer resident up there. She gave him lemonade and he filled up with water. Then he proceeded to his planned campground. Well, it's a small campground, one site, and there was already a tent there. There was no one around, so he looked around for a suitable place for his tent. He found one about 30 to 40 feet away. Night came, and the neighbors did not return. It poured around 11 p.m., but Tom was dry and comfortable. The rain stopped soon, and his fellow campers arrived with a good deal of noise. A pickup pulled in, and three very loud, very violent, and very drunk fishermen got out. There was much yelling, fighting, and beer bottle throwing. Tom wasn't happy at all about this development, and he very quietly pulled on some clothes, slipped out of his shelter, and sunk down into a ravine. Shortly after, he heard somebody say that they were going to buy some more beer. Mind you, this is after midnight in the Upper Peninsula. Talk about your fool's errand. Anyway, things quieted down, and Tom snuck back to bed. But just to be safe, he was on the trail at about 4 a.m. Oh, did we seem to mention that his father drove right past him without seeing him? Also, on Monday, I got a message from his sister, Julie. She was in the UP and wanted to know where to meet him. I called her, and then Tom called about a half hour later with, with specific instructions. He was now two days ahead of schedule, so she would be going to a previous night's campsite. Since Barb and I had to go out, we changed our message on our machine so that Julie could get the message while we were gone. It didn't matter because when we got back, Tom called and said just after talking to us the previous time, Julie had driven up. So that's two rendezvous that have come off well. Just in case anyone out there is planning to meet him, I'll try to keep you posted on where he is with respect to his schedule. Also, he's putting orange flagging tape at every significant intersection that he passes, whether on the road or trail. He will also mark his campground and campsite this way. That is all for now. And just as a note, I had returned to my campsite of Victoria to get my stuff at, and I, at around 5 a.m. And then I just moved up to a grassy 
nor to sleep. So, what do you think of my first zero day? Zero days are kind of nice. Uh, you know, resting and getting some things done. Um, it's not an uncommon occurrence for long-distance backpackers to uh, take a day off from hiking um, to take care of some business. So that's what I did on that particular day. And I was ahead of schedule, so I could afford uh, losing a day uh, to, you know, just chilling out, hanging out with my sister. All right, well, thanks for joining me on Trail Tales, and we will see you again. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.